0: Boo, 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 boo! Happy Halloween, doc. Hello, it is I, Bob Sham, and you have tuned into the Documenteers podcast, the podcast about <gasps> documentary. And each week, myself and another co-host, this week it's my wife Angela, discuss a different documentary and judge it and set flaming bags of dog shit on it. Today we go back to the silent era. A Swedish film that contests Nanook the North for oldest or first technical documentary. There's some gray area here, and it's also good Halloween fun. You can watch this in multiple versions on YouTube, and we'll link them all in the show notes. But We're talking about the Benjamin Christensen silent film about the history of witchcraft called Haxen Witchcraft. Through the ages. We watched the print of the Swedish Film Institute. There's a William Burroughs narrated one with some cool jazz on it. And then there's like a blurry version of the original out there. We specifically are talking about the Swedish Institute print, which we like very much. All that and more, me and Angela, in this episode. Very shortly, but next week, let me tell you about next week. Next week on the documenteers. drew is with me that means we do a 30 for 30 and we watch one that as i recall is pretty damn good we'll have to revisit it and see the parallel lives a soccer star and a larger than life gangster you know maybe you've heard of him pablo escobar and of course andre escobar the soccer star and it's a story about their parallel lives in Colombia and, uh, and all the, um, the crazy shit that was going on with both of these people during this time, and is directed by Jeff Zimbalist and Michael Zimbalist, and that's what Drew and I are discussing next week. The two Escobars, right here on the Documenteers. As far as music credits go, we play some Slayer riffs, and they're all riffs Taken from, you hear that peppered throughout the episode, and they're all taken from the album Hell Awaits. Songs like Hell Awaits and Praise of Death, and one more I can't remember off the top of my head. We also play a couple of clips borrowed from an old episode, Hell's Bells, The Dangers of Rock and Roll. A couple of those clips where the youth pastor in that movie reads verses from the Satanic Bible, and it sounds fucking badass. So, That guy comes back again. The guy from Real Real Ministries. What the fuck was his name? And we also close out, and this song, I don't even know if it's still in print or even really how rare it is, but we'll just play it all out, because we're playing an old country song. Maybe you've heard of it by Wayne, Pat, and Keith called I'm Tired of You, Satan, because we need to get Satan off of us after this episode discussion. Wayne, Pat, and Keith, I'm Tired of You, Satan documenthearspodcast.com It was five stars in a review on Apple Podcasts Uh, or we'll go to hell and maybe we'll like it but do you want to take that chance? Five stars in a review Apple Podcasts Spotify any other place that'll allow you to do it we'll take it all but so let us go now to the warm bosom of darkness Haxan witchcraft through the ages Happy Halloween and Keep on knocking. Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet, sixteen thousand separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. We're discussing the film *Haxen*. it's like a night it was released in nineteen twenty two uh made by this guy named Benjamin Christensen. He's a Danish man, but he made this in Sweden. I think this was shot in some parts throughout Scandinavia or whatnot, but this is mainly a Swedish film, yes, and um the we watched a specific version of it.
1: I suggested this movie, yeah because I've seen it a couple of times. But there's a lot of different versions of it. And I even kept second. It's been like 15 years. I kept second guessing myself as to which versions I have seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen the black and white original, which is just words on the screen. And I think I've seen the William S. Burroughs narrated version, which we just took a little peek at.
0: Yeah, we're mainly discussing the one that was uh, put out by the Swedish Film Institute. The score, I looked it up, is by, I guess maybe it was a group specifically to do this called the Rat and People Cinema Orchestra or some shit The Rat and People? The Rat and People.
1: Oh. Well, I thought this was the best. There was a moment early on where I actually, like I said, I doubted which version. I doubted I'd seen this because it looked so much better than what I remembered. The Swedish Film Institute did a really great job.
0: Yeah, and they seem to make it. The original version is an old black and white version. It's a little blurry. You can see all these versions we're discussing online for free on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the original one, I think, had a score of like your typical classical pieces Mm -hmm. at the time. I think I I saw a credit that there's like a Beethoven number on it. Uh, The version we saw had, I think, the best score out of all the ones we've seen. Yes. At least in correlation with this film itself but was still like a silent movie, but seemed to be restructured in like a sepia tone version. It wasn't necessarily color, but things popped up. Things looked a little cleaner. Like you'd have something like coated in red and stuff like that.
1: And if they were outside at night, it would be a little blue tinge.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was
1: very lovely and very sharp. It looked really good. Yeah, it
0: looked really good.
1: I'm pretty sure the versions I saw back in the day I rented from the Nashville Public Library and watched on VHS. So there's no way they were as nice as what we watched today.
0: The uh, Well, one, the Burroughs version that you can find on YouTube is a VHS rip. Like it says it right there.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look very good. And
0: the Burroughs version seemed interesting. It seemed like it'd be smarter for us to do the Burroughs version just to have things to clip because you get William Burroughs' voice like changing a few words around. The practice of witchcraft has plagued man on this planet since he first used words. In the beginning was the word. This is how the Persians pictured the origins of disease. But it has like this jazz score to it. (laughs) By itself, I think I would like quite a bit but didn't seem to work as well as the version we're focusing on in terms of music and score. The The Burroughs version seemed to almost have this kind of snide comedic feeling to it.
1: Yeah, watching that right after watching the one that was obviously taken very seriously Yeah, sort of seemed like it was a bit of a joke because yes. the way it's set up is there's sort of History, so more imagery and more text on the screen at the top. And then a lot of what I consider to be some of the best reenactments. I love these reenactments. Yeah. They're my favorite. It looks like old school books come to life to me somehow. I don't know how to describe it other than that. It's gorgeous. And the acting is amazing. But then cut away for text as an old silent film would. Yes. Yes. And then at the end, there's sort of some here's what we thought versus where we are now 1920 stuff. So the Burroughs stuff is the history at the beginning and then more of the stuff at the end. And the way he phrased some things, it almost feels as though he came in for an afternoon and thought the project was dumb.
0: All the witches had to show their respect for Satan by kissing his ass. There is an element of laughing at it because Burroughs is a beat writer, this intense jazz score that seems silly throughout it, it is part of that beat culture, almost like this, like a side smile kind of aspect to it. It was meant meant to feel like that. It's a beat culture interpretation of the 1922 film, basically. And it's fine. It's fine. I I know, (laughs) I mean, I can't say how people feel about it. I've consumed very little Burroughs. We watched the Swedish Film Institute version. That's the one we need to talk about, because that's the one we watched.
1: Okay, so let's tell the people what it's about.
0: It's about the history of witchcraft, and it's kind of a hybrid documentary. Could this be a a hybrid Werner Herzog Clint Howard kind of thing? Because it seems it's bookended like a documentary, mm-hmm. and there's some debate as to whether or not this specifically is a documentary. Because we've already discussed Nanook of the North, which, oh yeah, which came out which was released a little bit later in the same year, I believe, as Haxon was released in Europe. Haxon wasn't released in the U.S. until, I think, 20, 1927.
1: I would argue this is a documentary with, like I said, pretty extensive reenactment, because if you didn't do it that way, it would just be a ton more images and text on the screen for the whole movie. It would have just been image, 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 image. So what they, what I feel like they tried to do, I mean, I get it. It does feel like a movie in parts and you get to know these like characters who might or might not have been based on exact real people, probably not, but it was giving examples of what kind of things happened. And so they did it in a dramatization form, not unlike at all the first episode of The Family. Yeah. Very similar to that style. Although we knew those were real people. Like we do get into some characters here that we kind of follow that are sort of your everyman version of who these characters might be. You know, like it's just sort of an example. They're stereotypes.
0: And a lot of this is, um, comes on Benjamin Christensen's study of this thing called the Malleus Maleficarum. Mm -hmm. Which was, I think it was written in like the 1400s, some Inquisition shit that gave a guide as to identifying, like, witchcraft and gave hot tips on how to torture people and shit.
1: Right, because it, it, it is a history of witchcraft, but it turns more into a history of witch hunting.
0: This book he studied is focused more on the German Germanic history of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, so you get the the German and the Scandinavian versions, a lot of what a lot of this history is. Mm-hmm. That's the perspective that we're coming from. And so, yeah, the, this it's bookended with hot witchcraft facts. And then the middle chunk of the whole thing, it's done in like seven chapters, yeah. is pretty much like reenacting how, the things that people perceive that witches did and actually reenacting the things that people actually did to witches, mm-hmm. whether good or bad. So it kind of plays into this fun, like, ooh, let's dress up like witches and have people make potions. But it also shows like the evilness of those in power and the Inquisitions that would persecute these people. It's kind of interesting how when we're always talking about witches and witchcraft and shit, it's hard not to embellish the witchiness side of it. I mean, we're kind of doing that for Halloween, right? Sure,
1: sure.
0: This is our last Creeptober October version. We took a tour in Salem. Yeah. Of... And, that, you know, that's what the crucible's based upon and shit, where all those people were killed for being witches or I guess they were hung or drowned. Some of them. One guy died having stones pressed upon his chest. Yeah. But our tour guide, because Salem is angling that witch angle to make some money, right? Yeah. The tour guy is like, I'm a witch. I'm a Wiccan. And then he does this sword to the east, sword to the west. Look, I'm not a witchy guy. I objectively think it's fun around the Halloween time, but I'm not like, I'm just not that type, you know? I, I, I It doesn't matter what the church is. I'm like, oh, I'm at church, great.
1: Yeah, I was so excited about that tour and I stayed excited about it. I had a fun time, but as soon as that started, I was like, oh no, please don't do this because I wanted you to have as much fun as <laughs> I was having and I knew that you were just going to be like, this is bullshit. Like, as soon as that started... But we were also with some
0: Rel- aunts. Relatives, yeah.
1: And uh, some of them, I think, were more into it than others as well.
0: Yeah. And it's not that, like, historically. The historic aspects of it, I absolutely That am was really it. cool. And But this guy, he posited that witchcraft was actually being practiced during this time. It maybe wasn't as people perceived it was. You know, you had Tituba, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she was... I forget where Tichyba was. She was based on a real person Mm -hmm. from Barbados or something. It's like, is that witchcraft or is that like, you know, religious ceremony taken from parts of Africa? Sure. It's a European interpretation of whatever the fuck Tichiba was doing at the time. But he tried to measure that witchcraft was actually going on or people were actually practicing it. And to me, I'm like, nobody's practicing witchcraft any more than anyone's curing like crippled like evangelists are curing people who can't see and shit you know yeah so like i had issues with that trying to literalize this shit that people actually died for granted hundreds of years ago but actually did feel strongly connected to these people who albeit hundreds of years ago in puritanical new england did pass away it actually did mean a lot to me when we were actually at the site yeah or the the structure that honors the people who had died then.
1: There's also just old wives tale stuff sure. and superstition stuff that taken by the wrong person, you might think they were doing a spell when yeah. they're not really. We've talked about midsummer a couple times on this podcast, but like there's even a bit of that where there's like a spell done, sure. but it's really more just wishful thinking you know like it's not really like they're wit- there's no witches in that I wouldn't say that was a witchy movie but there is like a tincture made kind of thing
0: the, the it just shows how the idea of witchcraft is so intoxicating that people still want something to do with it they may be able to look at it objectively or be a little more rational about it to the point where they're at least not like trying to murder people about it yeah but it just seems like people want it somewhere they want it shoehorned in any place that they can.
1: My roommate my freshman year of college did spells in our dorm room. We
0: all knew that person <laughs> in college. And but
1: she lived in my dorm room. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think I know those people in my late 30s. You know, yeah. So. And more power to them. But, but the history of witchcraft. Tell us about the history of witchcraft.
1: What I love the most about the start of this, before they get into even talking about the devils, they kind of lay out what people... Used to think the world was.
0: Yeah, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And honestly, there's still people today who believe versions (laughs) of this, which just blows my mind because there are like flat earthers and people who think that our sky is just really a dome and there's no like space above us. But I prefer
0: this theory over the flat earth theory. Me
1: too. So they talk about two things. In Egypt, there's this guy, Maspero. I'm assuming that's how you say it again. No one was talking. They saw the whole world as though we were in a valley. And there were mountains all around us and then beyond the mountains, water.
0: This is based on ancient Egyptian Mm
1: understandings. The sky was a dome that was made of metal. And the stars... This is
0: kind of flat earthy. There's a dome. The
1: dome is the flat earthy part for sure dome from the dome hangs stars that are essentially like lamps on ropes. But the cool part here is in some of these images and these things that he's found, you'll see him like with a pointer, like pointing out things to you. And so there's this part where he's talking about the stars and he takes this like pointer. It looks like a long stick and just like points it at a star. Like you didn't know what he was talking about. And I'm like glad
0: that. he did. I was confused.
1: <laughs> I thought it was Kind of sweet when he did that kind of bits. But yeah, so then they start talking about how then underneath all of this is where we believe the devils were, right? The devils were like at the center of the universe. Some people believe they were actually in the Earth.
0: In the sun.
1: Yes. And then they started talking about the whole idea of the bigger universe. So when we were like, oh, no, there's more planets than just us. I think at the beginning we may have thought they were literally inside the Earth. And then it became a thing where I was like, oh, no, wait, the sun is the center of the universe. So the devils live inside the sun because hell is hot, I guess. But
0: hell is in the center of the earth. So the devils come from the sun.
1: And then live in the center of the earth because it's the closest.
0: Oh, but the realm of heaven encompasses the entirety of the universe.
1: Yeah, so it's basically sun in the middle where basically hell is, I guess. No,
0: the center of the... I mean, it doesn't matter the details because none of it makes fucking sense. But like they said hell was in the middle of the earth and devils... Demons come from the sun,
1: and then all the planets, and then around the very outside were the stars, which were represented by all of the twelve signs of the astrolog- astrological signs. And then outside of that is Jesus and all of the angels in heaven.
0: Yeah, now, the most
1: important thing in the universe. This
0: may sound wacky, but they at least believe that the that the that there were planets that were spherical in shape that rotated around. So auto, So they're like smarter than flat earthers even still.
1: 1,000%. They did think that they were all on metal tracks and that it was a big machine that God was in charge of running but I kind of love that because looking at it practically they were building machinery like they could get really complicated with the kind of machines that you could build so it just makes sense that if something is running seemingly on clockwork in space why wouldn't that also be an enormous machine especially if you think of god as a truly like gigantic man who makes things a lot of
0: pulleys and levers being developed at this time like basic mechanical construction pre-electricity yeah it's pretty interesting to think about it that way
1: then they started talking about hell real place. Hell yeah. And they show, it's probably my favorite thing in the whole documentary, is this huge mechanical scene of hell. And it's like all these devils and all these people who are being tortured and there's like, it's all moving because it's mechanical and so there's these devils like stoking a fire under a huge cauldron and there's a devil like raising and lowering a person from the cauldron and there's like torture happening all around. But it just looks so cool because it's all animated. Yeah. All and the detail.
0: Christensen worked his ass off on this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you can tell. He, he There was a lot of detail in this that you can see really well in the Swedish Film Institute version.
1: I mean, he found this. He didn't make this thing, but, like, he found it.
0: What, the structure where everything's moving around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we saw something like that at uh, the Wilson County Fair like a couple years ago. Some big... Truck that had this thing going on. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, we went this year, we didn't see it, but it was there.
1: There were also a few things like that at the Smithsonian Museums.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sort yeah. of
1: little me- mechanical old, like we're going to do this whole scene. Kind of pre movies because you wanted things to move. Like you didn't just want an image.
0: First time I went to New York, there was a guy with a little piano. And as he was playing it, there was like these little mechanical things on the top. And this is like in a subway. And the things were, like, dancing around. There's something about the way this guy's music was just kind of flooding the subway. And I'm not from New York, so I'm, like, just really taking it all in. And all these other New Yorkers around me just look bored as fuck waiting for their train to show up.
1: But it was super cool to you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, hey, the magic of New York City was overtaking me that day. Yes.
1: They show a ton of pictures, but a couple of things that really stuck out. Was examples of witches. So then they start talking about you know there's these devils and hell is real, but the devils do come to earth to tempt humans, and the witches are the devil's cohorts. Yeah. And so then they start talking about witches. So there's this image of a witch that's milking an axe handle.
0: It's funny, like the, like hey, what's in what? Come up with something in a modern context that could identify someone being a witch, and like the thing that they come up with then is like. What if you squeeze an axe handle and milk came out? Only a witch could do something like that.
1: Yeah, it's the most bizarre thing, but I guess you could do with anything. I mean, if I was a witch, could I be like, I'm going to milk this microphone? Yeah. What
0: about like a penis?
1: Oh, that probably worked too.
0: Milk a penis.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'm sure they did that. Bewitching cows. There was like photos, or not photos video of drawings of Th- these
0: are like old, women
1: in barns
0: these are medieval black work images think of the, those styles like if you're seeing an old school drawing of a devil it probably is this style
1: exactly
0: and then i i couldn't tell but you know think of also for some of the think of hieronymus bosch for some of the, like the hellscape kind of stuff
1: oh sure I, I don't
0: think bosch was shown in here from what i could tell but it's uh, along that lines
1: yeah They did have a male witch at one point who they called a sorcerer. Mm -hmm. They started talking about healing, and this is something I actually said to you out loud. I talked a little too much at the beginning of this documentary because there were no words, and I kept thinking of things. But the witch's healing being evidence of them being a witch, which then means they need to get burned at the stake, has always been a totally perplexing, calm idea to me. Yeah. Because it's basically that idea of She healed my son and she got rid of my warts and she made the rain stop and we got to kill her. Yeah. Like, what?
0: (laughs) You know, medieval chemists must have been very cautious, you know? know. People who knew how to blend plants was like, oh, that person really just needs this and this. But if I help this person, will people flip the fuck out on me and burn me alive?
1: Well, okay. One of the very first reenactments in this is the story is that it's two men who've exhumed a body from the graveyard and they bring it home and it's the middle of the night and so it's these two guys standing over a woman who's dead with a knife and one of them says to the other we should pray before we do this and they pray to god and they basically say please forgive us for desecrating this body but we really want to figure out how to save people from dying. Yeah. They basically wanted to do an autopsy, but one of their fucking bitchy wives someone. comes downstairs, sees one of them with a knife, or someone in that house, sees one of them with a knife, and then goes and starts beating on all the doors like these these witches have desecrated the cemetery when they were just like, maybe like aspiring doctors.
0: Yeah. Well, but that's
1: exactly what would happen.
0: They sure were fucking dumb, man. Thinking about the Inquisition at that time, which I think practiced for hundreds of years. Is there anything more terrifying in your fucking life? Ugh. And God forbid you weren't born or were an, weren't weren't inher- inherently, at least culturally, Christian. Then you were pretty much guaranteed to fucking like be tortured.
1: It's the worst. It's some of the worst. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's, it's awful. a bad.
0: It's bad. It's folks. a
1: bad. 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 We want to
0: come out against the Spanish Inquisition strongly on this podcast. Oh, yeah. We don't like that shit. Nope. You know what? Uh, In uh, early America, Manifest Destiny, was that so different, truly? Baptize Mm -hmm. them on one side, um, uh, convert them on one side of the river, baptize them in the river, and when you get them to the other side, send them to heaven, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're sanctified by God. So that means uh, a lot of people that back then probably thought that that if they specifically killed someone, they would go to heaven. Yeah. So.
1: It's so fucked up.
0: And they're talking about methods of drowning witches. And if they floated and let, survived a, being tied up and thrown in a river.
1: Then they was a witch.
0: Then they were a witch. But if they sunk and they died, then hallelujah, they were innocents all along.
1: Cool, I know. well. I,
0: It's hard to wrap your brain around it, but gosh, um, if something happened, how long, sometimes I think what would have to happen, I think it's totally possible, but what would have to happen and how long would it take to revert back to this kind of state of affairs? It's not that far out of the realm of possibility to me.
1: Well, I know we haven't seen it and we're super behind and it's not exactly the same, but that idea of going back to like a Puritan controlled crazy society is the handmaid's tale did you finish reading that book no but that's kind of the idea is that it like completely reverts back to you basically have like slavery yeah and people don't have their own will unless they're of a certain class i'm speaking out of what i don't understand but but i think there's an argument within that book that we really could be there very quickly without realizing it.
0: You talked about how everyone was fucking afraid of demons and the devil. At this
1: time. Oh yeah.
0: And it, and that, so that's a, that's an idea that you can, it's fear basically. Yeah. And we could understand that what we see in reaction to how people are fucking reacting to immigrants right now. That's based on fear and the manipulation of fear by certain politicians. And to the point where people will justify terrible acts perpetrated like what we do to people who come to our border, they'll justify that based upon the fears that they actualize within their head. This is all this was. People were so fucking afraid of the devil and demons. And of course, power structures in Europe in in these times were also religious structures as well, which meant that they had the control, they had the voice. So who mostly gets fucking killed and shit Working people and poor people in these communities, because they're the ones that get judged. The people in power are not getting judged because mm-hmm. they're said to be sanctified by the God by God. And everyone else is so scared that they react in these extremities and, and the in the presumption of every little thing being about the devil and witchcraft.
1: Yeah, and then that's why they're so afraid of, of the witches, is because the witches aren't afraid of the devil. Yeah. Right? So then there's that thing, too, of, like, you're not scared of this thing I'm scared of, so you're just as bad as that thing. You know, they show all these imagery of these witches dancing with the devils and kissing his butt.
0: Kissing his ass.
1: I think Burroughs says kissing his ass. Yeah. But, like, that's, like, a thing that they do and talking about the Sabbath and desecrating the crosses and rubbing ointment on them to fly through the air. At one point, they actually say, so part of it, too, is if you are a person of privilege— and you somehow are associated, you're not You're not the bad person. We've got to now find the bad person who cursed you or yeah. afflicted you or made you bad. Or, or
0: made you horny or...
1: Yeah, the woman who dared touch the priest. That's the whole thing of it. Like, there's this whole bit where there's a priest who got touched by a woman and now he can't, can't stop thinking about her. He tells his superior and the superior is like, oh, this woman is a witch. And he doesn't believe she's a witch. And he doesn't want to say that she's a witch. And they look at him and go, you know the punishment for people who won't witness against witches, don't you? Yeah. So you have literally no choice. Because you're going to, either you're also a witch, or you're going to get some other horrible punishment for not telling on someone. There's no winning.
0: Let's get into the reenactment of the film. The middle chunk of the whole film. Very entertaining. Yes. Because we get into, it's like a period piece. But also, we get into some cool costumes and imagery, and um,
1: the acting is really good.
0: I was this was uh, the version we saw was about an hour and forty five minutes long. I think that's the average time for the original as well. And I didn't feel bored. No, one second in this one. Nanook, you can kind of blank out. Stuart fell asleep trying to watch it, but this one I would couldn't imagine falling asleep to this one. I was pretty damn glued to it the whole time.
1: It's pretty great. The The first thing we see is some witches kind of coming together to do some spells. And it's sort of doing a potion. And it's sort of what you imagine. It's old lady hunched over witches. There's a cauldron. One so of them's got like toads and snakes and lizards. Actual...
0: Of those actual toads, yeah. There's to a
1: work. there's one toad that jumps out and gets away, I, and I was like, "Go toad!"
0: You see it like <laughs> disappears from the frame for a second, probably because it was like, "Let's just cut away from that because we can't get this toad to stop jumping around."
1: Yeah, right. but then they come back and he's there later, so I yeah. think that they redid part of it.
0: And the costumes and shit. There's a point where they just they're like reenacting how people perceive which witchcraft behavior. You get a lady. Who wants a love potion to seduce a monk who's yes. gross as shit. And he's very cartoonally eating like huge hunks of meat. Like no he's one.
1: Dirty. Like there's food all over him.
0: Like no one in the middle ages ever like just very casually slice something. They just like tore it off like something like flies are going to eat the other the rest of it. Maybe that was going to be the case. Who knows. But then it ratchets up, make him permanently fall in love and then get the ointment. And the ointment ties into the tails later. Yeah. But but it just shows an example of this. And at some point, I think it's Benjamin Christensen as the devil. Yeah. Just, like, pops out. I dip my forefinger in the watery blood of your impotent mad redeemer and right over his thorn-torn brow, the true prince of evil, the king of slaves. And every time you see him, and it's... It's rad when he like shows it's cool. up. It was like, yeah, <laughs> you kind of pumped your fist. And every time he, um, you see him, he's like waggling his tongue out, like he wants it's to, it's like
1: completely stuck out. Uh, it's so gross. Every
0: single time, Ooh, the like,
1: entire time.
0: I think there's, I think I recall like old paintings, medieval paintings, Renaissance paintings, where the devil is like his got some big tongue sticking mm-hmm. out of his mouth. It's like weirdly trickstery. like, like they took that from like old pagan stuff that was like the trickster is now just the devil. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. They also, oh, there's also a bit where they pull out like a, like a thieves hand yeah. for part of the potion and like take off a finger and the witch holds the hand up to her nose and sniffs it and is like, Ooh, that's gross. And they talk about how if the hand's too old, it won't work properly. Yeah, it's yeah. just really cool how they kind of get into, again, this is, This is people's perception of what witches were doing. So, this thing but I loved it. This
0: thing is not only like in a lot, some ways, an early documentary. And for the sake of our show, we'll call it a documentary, but it is debatable. But it also is like an early horror film. Definitely. At the same time.
1: Well, because then there's little, there's like this bigger story that they start telling. But before that, there's these little vignettes where, um, A man walks up to a woman who's asleep on a stoop and he wakes her and he doesn't know she's a witch and she curses him that he can never again close his mouth. And there's a really cool sound cue where as soon as she says that to him, there's like an instrument that makes like a screeching noise that goes on until the end of the scene and he can't close his mouth. So it's like these little images of the kind of things witches could do to you, just little bitty things that would literally ruin the rest of your life.
0: Now, the thing's not to be in the medieval times to be accused of being a witch. Don't be old. Don't be anything less than okay looking.
1: Well, yeah, because so sometimes you could be young and pretty. But most of the time, what did they say? You were old and poor. Yes. And unhappy.
0: If you were a miserable old... If you Yeah, poor. Like I said, this happened a lot to poor people. You had all these power structures, like I said. But what is someone who barely makes a living... Who can they exert power over someone who yeah. has even less someone who goes door to door and begs for something so they can turn them into the thing that they fear the thing that has less than you is the thing that people want to fear the most
1: they tell a story and i i would like to read the source material for this because it doesn't seem like you just would have made it up like Maybe it's something that someone told when they were being tortured because obviously crazy fantastical stories came out of these torture sessions when you were just desperate to get out. But they show a story of a little old lady witch who is asleep on her floor and she's obviously very poor and sad and alone. And she falls asleep and the devil comes to her. And this is my favorite devil image. The devil comes to her. He's squatting down with a huge butter churn between his legs and he's just churning that yeah, butter. Yeah, he's jacking <laughs> off that butter
0: churn. Hardcore.
1: That We see that a couple of times. It's crazy. So he's, he's like churning this butter and basically wakes up the spirit of the woman and takes her from her body and takes her to this other place. And they say that... The sun. Yeah, he takes her to the sun. <laughs> and they say that... He gives these witches all their dreams come true in this place. And this is where we see some really rad 1920s special effects. Yeah. Because there's this whole thing where she's now in this fancy bed in this fancy house. And there's all this money falling all over her. And when she tries to gather up the money, the money sort of starts dancing yeah and then they do like a reverse video where it starts flying away when you know they were like throwing it
0: right they down just play it backwards basically but it
1: looks really good It does. like they really spent some time and some of it was stop animation because there was definitely like some shapes that were made and stuff like really old school but it was just really cool
0: now let's let's tell the story of the sick printer
1: oh yes okay so
0: the sick printer he's laid out in bed and they need to, to, to find out what is wrong with this guy. So what do you do when you want to find out if witchcraft is involved? Take Get this. Get a piece of lead. A soft metal, I guess. <laughs> Boil it a lot in some liquid. And then see what shape it is. And get some fucking asshole on a power trip to interpret this weirdly shaped piece of lead. And sure enough, Dumblefuck the printer, who's sick. Probably some, something that we haven't figured out what it is yet. Right. Uh, He's actually under the element of witchcraft, so they tell his lady. Anne, I think. Anne
1: is the wife of the printer.
0: And the guy goes, she's like, when am I going to see this witch, right? And he's like, you'll probably see her sooner than you want to. Cut
1: to immediately.
0: Knock, knock, knock.
1: Maria the Weaver shows up.
0: An old woman begging for money. Food. Food.
1: Money, anything. She basically is like, I'm just a beggar woman. I just want some food, and so Anna's like, okay, sit down, and gives her some food.
0: Which she proceeds to eat like our dog's attacking a bowl of SpaghettiOs or something.
1: It's so weird. At the end, she finally picks the bowl up, but it's like she's scooping liquid with her fingers into her mouth, and and it's getting all over her face. Not
0: doing a very good job.
1: No, she's losing more of it. You'd think she'd try to get every last drop, but- But the
0: the actor's really feeling it.
1: She's good, though, this woman. Yeah. She does a great job because we pretty much stay with Maria for a while, and she she blows her nose on the floor.
0: Oh, yeah, snot rocket.
1: I've only seen someone do that once in my actual life, and it was at, like, a roller hockey game, and someone who was playing, like, turned and blew their nose like that. And in that moment, I was like, I hate that person and everything they stand for, and I don't want them to win.
0: I've seen hockey so players gross. on TV actually do that a lot.
1: Well, maybe they were trying to be like those hockey players on TV, but Probably. it was that's y'all get a Kleenex, go um, behind a tree. Well, um, when you're
0: on the when you're on the blue line trying to like hold back, keep the puck from crossing, you you you, you don't have time for tissues. You have okay. time for tissues.
1: Okay, so gross. Anyway,
0: so and it goes to I guess the Inquisition or whatever head pedophile priest is running the town.
1: Well, yeah, she goes and she tries to talk to this young man. And the young man is like, you can't talk to me. I'm the youngest in the order. You can't talk to me. And she's like begging him and she touches his arm.
0: And claims there was a bit of a fire. And he, it doesn't say it explicitly, but he gets a hard on from her touching him, which we'll get to later.
1: The fire thing is that he felt heat when she touched his arm.
0: Yeah, because the human body is 98 degrees, you fucking moron. Well,
1: and whoever touches him. No one
0: yeah body so she's oh, gonna true. feel
1: warm and she's also run and she's crying and she's in a frenzy yes her body's probably a <laughs> hundred degrees like but anyway the older man priest whoever comes down they all have those like old friar tuck haircuts like monks yeah and so he comes down and says come to me and I'll help you and so she tells him and these people her story there's some interesting. Little tiny moments in this reenactment that were not necessary, but I appreciated a lot. One of which, when he goes upstairs to get the other, like elders, someone is shaving the circle on someone else's head.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: And I just thought that was really cool. It's just like this little moment that was unnecessary, but it is a total like everyday life thing that could possibly be happening. Is that
0: something to do with like having your scalp exposed to God or some shit like that?
1: Honestly don't know, but that sounds right.
0: Sure. Some some people would get it naturally.
1: Yeah, so uh so she tells them and so he basically sends people, men to her house to take away Maria.
0: They throw a sheet over her head and drag her off and they have her confess and they torture her and torture her. She'd resist at first, and then the torture comes on. And they go go through a litany. Later, of what different torture devices are. And it's like scary as shit. It's scary. <clears throat> but of, of course, they're torturing her. So she's like, uh, okay, fine. I gave birth to the devil's children. And Many then there, times. And then there's an awesome reenactment of her, not any bit younger than we see her. Yeah. Under her dress are people in these badass demon costumes, like coming out from under Full size men. Dress. Yeah. So she probably last week gave birth to full size. Man-sized demons. And that's the coolest shit ever.
1: There's also a part in this where they talk about witches turning into cats. And it's full-grown women in dresses with cat faces. Yeah, cat heads. It's so weird. It's so weird, but I love the costumes. The
0: The costume department really came out.
1: There's only one child in this, and it's a baby. And I'm assuming that Christensen justified that in by saying that that baby probably wouldn't know what's going on or remember any of it because there's no other kids.
0: If that baby is alive, it is 97 years old right
1: now. Wow. Wow. Yep. Hey, baby.
0: Hey, probably listen. Hope you're listening. Probably a listener, fan of the show.
1: Um, so yeah, she starts talking about how she'd been smeared with ointment and she'd flown on brooms and she danced in the woods with the devil and then...
0: She drops some names.
1: She goes, oh, but you know what? Those other ladies that were at Anna's house, I saw them kissing the devil's booty. I saw it with my own eyes.
0: How? Of course. Of course. (laughs) This is the story you hear a lot about, like, people accusing each other of witchcraft. You're being tortured to death. You know you're pretty much fucked. Yeah. So what's the last-ditch thing that you can do? And can you blame anyone? No. You you accuse the people that accused you. And if they're not in positions of authority or power, it's probably going to result in them getting fucked up, too.
1: This happens every day with false confessions. Yes. So imagine you can do it just by talking to someone forever and making them exhausted. If you're literally stretching someone's bones out...
0: Or have them in, like, a spiked collar where you light a fire under them to where... And this collar is pulled taut by four ropes. So you literally
1: can't move? And, you,
0: and if you, like, move because fire fucking is painful as shit, you will literally be stabbing yourself in the neck?
1: It's some of the worst... Ugh. Anyway, so she says all this stuff is happening. Oh, she talks about how she saw them dancing on a cross and they ate a meal of toads and un baptized children oh
0: well this is my favorite food i mean mean, the only child you're able to eat is unbaptized children because because the baptized ones are covered in the protection of the lord and it's impossible to boil them or anything
1: oh yeah they're totally going to heaven already so you can't can't do anything about that
0: and look baptism makes your meat like real stringy and gross too
1: she also told oh this was a story that she told about some other women. So she just starts naming people. I like the people who accused her, but then also, I guess, maybe also people she hated or just people she could think of their names. Yeah. So she tells a story about how these two women go to Martin the writer's house. They show these two old women squatting and pissing in bowls. And
0: then, and then they it throw on the it
1: on the door, and Martin died that
0: night. Oh, fuck.
1: I will tell you everything.
0: So sure enough, all the names get dropped. And I think everybody but Anna gets taken at this time. Yeah. But like you you told this story earlier. So everyone's in the torture hut now. Uh, but, that, but that monk who got a boner over Anna and then told head monk. And head monk's like, sounds like a witch. And he's like, whoa, really? Like, yeah, that's a witch. And so... And this is the example they use, like, if you were attractive, like, you could be a Mark if you were old and, and haggard looking. Mm-hmm. But the way young, beautiful women, and it seemed like it was mostly women, let's be honest. Men and children, too, but seemingly mostly women. Mm-hmm. If young women turned on people or maybe rejected any advances of a man, then what what's going to happen to you? You know, you really get the hots for someone, that are all up in your head. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they don't give you what you want. Oh, they're fucking you up because they're a witch. They're too hot.
1: They're doing it on purpose. That's a a story that's been told a hundred million times and not just about witches. There's a young, sweet, voluptuous girl who's done nothing wrong. And people start saying she's done terrible things. And then when she won't do them with you, she's a bitch.
0: Or if she's not a witch, then why is she walking around dressed like that?
1: Right. And why is she confident? Yeah. Who gave her the right to be confident? Must be the devil.
0: So everyone gets fucking tortured up and we get a long scene with Anna who they try to trick her into doing some witchcraft, something about turning water into thunder. This was
1: the most frustrating one. They bring her baby in. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, this baby, they say, this baby is going to grow up a neglected orphan of a witch's child or
0: worse thrown on the pyre because she's the child of a demoness or some
1: shit. exactly you know they're just going to also kill that baby yeah. but they're just using this baby to try to get her to confess and she's desperate and the way she even worded it i think i yelled at the screen because this one made me super mad because she didn't actually say okay okay i'm a witch they were trying to make her with a bowl of water make thunder and she goes okay, so you'll let us out if you'll let us go if I tell you something? And he was like, yeah. And she goes, well, I'll tell you what something told me once. A metal worker once told me that if a witch touches water and she put her hand in the water and this other priest opens the window and is like, you're a witch, you're a witch. Like she didn't do anything. Yeah. She didn't even say I can do this. She just said, someone once said to me, and then she touched the water and so she a witch
0: she's a witch and she's pretty much so every woman involved tears
1: remember the tears thing if you don't cry
0: oh right
1: then you're a witch cuz witches can't cry but then the young man tries to go she's crying she's crying she's not a witch and he go and the the old man priest goes Don't you know that witches put spittle on their face to make it appear as though they're crying to trick you?
0: And if she had been crying before he even started asking questions, somehow I don't think that would have been a part of the test. No. These are all recreations, and they're kind of funny and fun, especially when they like recreate what they think people do with the devil in the woods and shit. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But like, it's not that far from the realms of the power structures of irrationality in the Middle Ages. Yeah. They literally believed this shit. People would get burned alive in front of entire towns.
1: They quoted 8 million people were burned. Women, men and children, mostly women, but 8 million people.
0: It's gotta be fucked up because the, the the average lifespan is so much lower than ours now. And then if you manage to beat those odds and make it to old age, you'll still probably likely get burned the fuck Mm-hmm. But it's all right because we have some modern explanations of things. And by modern, we mean uh, 1920s explanations of things. Oh my God. Look, we're all smarter now. We know that's not real. Those inquisitors, they're evil. Did that result in completely defunding the Catholic Church and shit? No, they're allowed to still exist even after torturing and killing literally millions and millions and millions of people. But it's all right because we know now that it's hysteria.
1: uh so the end bit the other like narrated documentary bookend of this there's more reenactments but they go through all the different torture devices first yeah. showing us all these terrible terrible devices then they get into this and he kind of breaks the fourth wall and starts talking about how one of his actresses wanted to try out the thumbscrew And he tries that on her, and then he's like, and then I had an actress portray all of these different modern ailments. So he's kind of putting this up as more of a, now we're just going to sit and talk like friends about how it is nowadays. And so he shows a woman sleepwalking, and he compares this woman sleepwalking to imagery they've shown us earlier of a nun going crazy and walking through the nunnery with a knife. Yeah. And eventually like desecrating what I believe was just like a what, communion wafer
0: yeah, or something. Yeah. No, anything but the... Don't you dare stab the body that communion of wafer. It doesn't turn into the body till it hits your mouth, brother, right?
1: I don't know. Maybe Jesus felt it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm or sure he Jesus wept. It. it was like his toenail or
0: something. Jesus Jesus wept.
1: he starts comparing this woman who's sleepwalking to this nun who seemed to be in a daze going through the nunnery in this reenactment and he talks about how he actually knows a woman in the 1920s 19 teens who is a sleepwalker and she obsessively went asleep but also went awake lights matches listen we've all been there i was 12 and almost caught my house on fire downstairs but i got over that this woman apparently is obsessed by lighting matches to the point where she feels like she can't control it. Yeah. That's a mental issue. Yes. That's a disorder by which you would see a doctor for. And And, now you would...
0: And they noted that this woman had a past in which she was almost killed in a fire or something. Her house caught on fire. Her house caught on fire.
1: So he does posit, could not this obsession be related to this horrible thing that happened? And so it's sort of the same thing, like this nun went crazy back then, but could that not have been sort of a result of something she had seen or been through or just the place she was living and the way she was living, whatever.
0: But the 1920s interpretation of what all these women are going through, there's not like, they're not saying, oh, this person has as trauma, PTSD. No, no. This person has compulsory behavior. This person's a kleptomaniac. This person, this nun could be schizophrenic, hearing fucking voices. 100. The answer to all of that in 1920s (laughs) version, all these women, they have hysteria. That's it. It's all hysteria. You could imagine that, like, some women at the time were like, oh, no, 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 I just have hysteria. Like, some things that were exceptionally weird, they would just say, like, oh, the doctor said I had hysteria.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we actually see a scene, you mentioned the kleptomaniac. The story is that they tell different things, like the sleepwalking woman, they tell of a woman who thinks that someone comes in her room at night. Yeah. And so she's basically hallucinating, whether she's dreaming or hallucinating while awake, and comparing that to people seeing the devil back in the day. She goes to the doctor and they're like, we need to put you in a hospital for this. Because that was sort of the answer. If you had hysteria, you either managed it at home, and if you couldn't manage it, you just went to go live in the hospital or the mental institution or whatever.
0: And if a little bit later, you could be lobotomized just for like, being very depressed or some shit.
1: Yeah. So, this woman, her family's like, we'll try to not put her in the hospital. And then she becomes a klepto. And her little story is that she gets caught stealing a ring. And she does say to the man, he's like, I'm going to call your family. And she's like, please don't call my family because I'm just a broken person. My
0: husband died in the Great War. I have nothing. I'm a nervous wreck.
1: I don't know why I'm doing this, but I also you can't tell on me because if you do, they're going to send me away. And so basically the man's like, okay, I'm not going to tell on you.
0: you. Just don't come back.
1: But that's the kind of thing. She totally did fall on that. She's like, listen, I'm broken. Yeah. I'm just broken. Because they didn't have words back then to explain. And so, yeah, anything that was wrong with a woman ever during a certain time period was blamed on hysteria.
0: And there's a lot of missteps on the road to psychiatric evaluation, but like, we're getting into the times in which we're really trying to understand, on the road to truly understanding this shit. Some women just may have literally been a nervous wreck because they're pretty much second class citizens who have no control over their relationships or anything Mm -hmm. like that. If you just got beat up by your husband on a daily basis and you complain too much about it, they'd probably say that you'd have hysteria. If you just needed to fucking get off and you're all pent up, but so uber religious that you can't been allow yourself to get off, that's probably all it really takes mm-hmm. for you. It was just an incredibly lazy way of interpreting the behaviors of an entire gender.
1: So he does this whole thing where he's talking about basically saying all these women who were burned at the stake were probably just hysterical. Yeah. But then he says, but you'll never believe this. In the 1920s, the actor playing Maria the Weaver actually truly believes that the devil exists. And he shows her this little book that she has that she keeps because she told the director, she said, I believe in the devil. He's real. I've seen him sitting at my bedside. Cool. And she shows in the book and she's like, she says, this is the devil that I see. He's real. And the Christiansen is just blown away.
0: It just shows that you're not that far removed. People are still believing in this depends on how you think about it. And in some way, religion can seem humble in that you give everything good up to God. But all your bad stuff is an excuse mm-hmm. to the devil. So, and that's how you answer everything that's negative in your life. It's, in both ways, kind of separate you from the equation. It separates any level of personal responsibility for good or bad. This is the 20th, so this woman was an old woman. Mm, she born, was a very old woman. Born early... 19th century yeah not that far removed wasn't like wasn't the inquisition going like up into the 1600s and
1: there are fully people today who believe that the devil is an entity absolutely that is real and god is an entity that is real and 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 angels are real
0: and he wears the red pajamas
1: when i was in high school and still going to church i read these books that were basically following people in their real lives, but also showing the angels and devils around them. I think the author's name was like Max Licato or something. Oh,
0: that dude.
1: Yeah, I used to read a few. I read a few of those books. I had a friend who was really into them. And so I read a few of them. But that was the whole deal is like, it would follow this like politician or whatever. But what it was trying to posit is that as you're making decisions through your life, you are being subconsciously, Manipulated by the spirit world, and there are people who believe that to be total fact—that there would be a little devil sitting on that chair over there cheering along while I say I don't believe in God. Yeah, he'd be like, "Yeah, we won," you know. But uh, but there are people who think that,
0: and the, and it becomes like I said, an excuse. My son, uh, he's not bipolar or manic depressive. He, the devil, is manipulating him. Or even think about it in other interpretations. It's like, no, no, I can't help it. I'm a Libra, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> you know, like people will find a way. It's just
1: the way I am. Yeah. And that shit is witchy too, if you really think about it. Like astrology and believing in your astrological signs and numerology sure. and that the day that you were born dictates how you are for the rest of your life. Like that, there's people that are way into that now. That's like how to resurgence. Crystals and shit. Not here so much, but in LA, it's like a thing. People have, like, their crystals that they wear and their things that they do. And, like, I believe that, like, a mantra can be positive, and I think meditation is good. There's things you can do to be more in tune with yourself that some people would consider witchcraft.
0: It seems like, for the most part, a lot of it can be harmless. A lot of this shit can be fun. But I wouldn't ever put it over, you know, asking questions or analysis. exactly. That's all. That's pretty much all we're saying. Yes, But, that's pretty much this flick. We pretty much discussed, we've gotten through all this.
1: What happened at the very end?
0: Uh, more butter churning, I believe.
1: It said, the end. Slut. Slut is the word for the end.
0: In Swedish, apparently.
1: Was it Swedish?
0: Yeah, it's a Swedish film.
1: So, I think that's how you should end this episode. Slut! We're not done yet.
0: Hysteria, slut. <laughs> Speaking of hysteria. Yeah. Remember when the monk got touched by the woman and he got a boner mm-hmm. and he felt like her touch was super warm. Mm-hmm. And based on what the standards that they would throw onto a woman who reacted in a similar way, was he not also experiencing hysteria based on the definition that they're. Trying to throw out?
1: No, because he was a privileged person of a higher class, and so it could never be his fault.
0: Men never experienced hysteria. It, 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 you're still Yeah, back. no,
1: men never experienced hysteria, to my knowledge. There was actually a period of time where hysteria... Part of it was that, depending on how a woman was behaving, they literally thought that your uterus moved throughout your body. That's
0: true, though. That's real. And they
1: also thought that you... A hysterectomy. I don't know that the words are tied specifically. I don't want to say they Hysterect- are and be wrong, you. but a hysterectomy is when you remove the uterus and all of the stuff, or you partial, whatever and then that you is.
0: Put the uterus inside of you. But
1: so, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sure there was a period of time where they thought, oh, she'll just be better if we take out all the parts that make her a woman. You know,
0: because
1: then she would be more like a man. Yeah, and then. That's more desirable. That'll be the
0: cure. It's just so funny. This film kind of pats itself on the back for being like, we've so moved on from this stuff. And now we know that women are just constantly stricken with hysteria. Anyway, aren't we advanced slut? (laughs) Now you can do it. So Bob. Yeah.
1: We don't rate these films in stars. Hell no. We rate them in Herzogs. That's right. So I'm gonna give this documentary slash controversial movie early horror slash early horror film five stars up to five stars.
0: Uh, well, you gave away one to where five you're going stars, yeah.
1: And then you're gonna give this film one to five stars, and then we're gonna combine those two stars like. Snakes and lizards' tails and thief's fingers into a cauldron to get our combined Herzog score for this documentary film.
0: Haxon by Benjamin Christensen.
1: Haxon. I'll go first.
0: Okay. Gee, I wonder how many stars you're going to give it.
1: <laughs> I love this movie. I love it a lot. I love, honestly, even the William Burroughs version of it. I think it's great. I honestly, truly think it's the best reenactments ever. Like I said, I feel like I'm watching an old picture book come to life. It just feels really well done. I like the way it's told. I know maybe there's debate on whether it's a documentary or not, but to me it is. Though parts of it are more conjecture than fact. Sure. I do get that, but they're dramatizing what they think happened. It's not much different than maybe in another one dramatizing a space invasion that someone thinks happened to them in the midst of telling all the other facts. Sure. So to me, it totally makes sense. The imagery I thought was great. The devil was brilliant.
0: For I stand forth to challenge the wisdom of the world, to interrogate the laws of man and God. He who saith thou shalt to me is my mortal foe.
1: It was just... More, I think really well done. More
0: devil in our lives, right?
1: There could be more devil. I would honestly <laughs> hang a poster of that devil on that bird turn in this room. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I am going to give it a five. Wow. Yeah. I am just, we've watched a lot of stuff I enjoyed way less than this.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty much with you. Like as far as silent films, mm. that's probably the best I've seen. I haven't seen them all. Not even close. I liked Nanook a lot, but there was definitely some parts, you know. But this one, what the Swedish Film Institute did, especially with the score. I like the score of this Mm -hmm. a lot. You got to watch. That's the version we'll link. We'll probably link the other versions too, but that's the one we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure when they arranged, when they redid it for then. But you know, this movie, you could, this is something we'll never do. A fun Mm -hmm. idea that we'll never do. But like we could cut our own narrated yeah. version of Haxon, utilizing maybe more modern metal or like some dark wave synth keyboard sounds and shit, you know, inspiring in that way. Like if just a, all you need is like a, a nice Mac and you can like make your own special version of Haxon.
1: Is it old enough that it's that you could like take clips of it and make, say, your own music video and not get in trouble?
0: This is public domain. And I would recommend, it has to be. It's all over YouTube. I mean, yeah, that doesn't true. necessarily mean it's public domain, but.
1: No one's coming after anybody.
0: Yeah, this is the 20s from Sweden. It, this deserves to be out in the Zy- I would I don't know right off the bat, but it's it definitely passes that period of time to be public domain. So I would say, yeah, it is. I would recommend using the imageries, the imagery from the, the Swedish Film Institute version.
1: I think we need to make sure we say that in the show notes to watch this version of it. Yeah. You can watch the other versions too, but this one's beautiful.
0: Yeah, and if you fall in love with this version, because it's so clean. It's so They did such a great job. Then you could probably enjoy the Burroughs version for, <laughs> yeah. for what it is. Yeah. And then watch the original, which will be quite blurry. But, you know, that's just how it was then.
1: I don't remember it being too bad when I watched it. It was I watched it off an original VHS, not like a copy of an old one. So
0: This was banned in the United States for a while in the here in the land of the free it was banned yeah we're freer than sweden you know
1: <laughs> i bet sweden's constitution has an equal rights act oh no they don't have a, no no no
0: no no no. they don't they're do probably freedom. one
1: of those 70 something state countries
0: they don't do freedom over there come on <laughs> only we do freedoms they don't know i no, no. no you know what hmm. we go hand in hand
1: yeah! five yes
0: That brings it to 10 out of 10 Herzogs for this quintessential classic. We would encourage, it's a great Halloween film. So good. As of this drop, Halloween is just a few days away. Snuggle up with your honey bear or with whether that be a dog or a spouse or a beloved child and watch Haxon. It might be a little
1: scary for the kiddos.
0: Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> And that's that film, 10 out of motherfucking 10.
1: Hell yeah. For
0: Haxon by Benjamin Christensen. Good job, dead Benjamin Christensen.
1: Good job, Benjamin. You're
0: dead. He died of hysteria. The first man to die from (laughs) hysteria. Haxon, happy Halloween, y'all.
1: Happy Halloween.
0: Maggie? Yeah. You're
1: loud, girl. She knows I washed my hair, so she's needs to touch my head. Goodbye, Maggie.
0: All the witches had to show their respect for Satan by kissing his ass. Now look, here's
1: Satan. I'm tired of you, you try to mess up, everything that I do, I try to pray, you yak and yak, I'm tired of you Satan,
0: get over my back.
1: bye